Well, welcome back, friends, to our podcast, IntelliKey Leadership Stories. We're the podcast for conscious leaders. And Kirsten, just in the last few episodes, we have traveled virtually around the world talking to conscious leaders. We've been to Amsterdam, we've been to the, uh, South America, we've been to New York City. Today, we're going to Australia. What, what is your sense of this global awakening of, now we term it IntelliKey leadership, but this conscious leadership awakening on a worldwide basis? What's your sense? Mm, I, I think it's an eradication of oppression when it comes right down to it. I think those that have historically not had access to anything, you know, regardless, name your, pick your choice. I think there's a fatigue and an exhaustion and, you know, um, both a mind and heart expansion where people say it's time, it's time. Like this is for the people by the people. And I think that's where we're leading towards. And, you know, it accelerates, it amplifies the dialogue when you find your people who are willing to have it with you. And we get excited because it's like, mm -hmm. oh, wait, you've been here the whole time. I was just waiting to meet you. Now we make the connections and, and elevate that leadership. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, very good. Well, it's in that context that we're just so happy today to have as our guest, Dr. Dion Payne from New South Wales, Australia. Dion, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. I'm, I'm delighted to be here. Well, it's going to be so fun. Dion is the head of a great company called High Impact Property Investments. And what's so interesting, and Dion's going to get into this, is that the word high impact doesn't just mean highly profitable. It also means high impact in many different ways, like sustainable property, resilient communities, affordable homes, even inclusive homes for people with disabilities. Uh, Dion, tell us a little bit about high impact property investing. Well, before I get into that, I just, um, I want to let you know about the name. So uh, I started the company a year ago and I've been a developer for the past eight years and worked with developers in that time as well. Um, but when I was really thinking about the name, I was thinking, what is it that we, you know, what, what do we want to be known for? What's going to be appropriate? Now, I actually live in an area called Byron Bay uh, in Australia. It's the most east, easterly um, uh, location in Australia. Mm. And it's, it's really a meeting point for people who are, sort of think differently, you know, sort of want to make the world a better place in a way. And, and it's really a place for hippies. A lot of hippies came here and settled. So when I was thinking of the name High Impact Property Investments and I realised that the abbreviation was hippie, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's fantastic. These, these are the little discoveries we love to make. <laughs> Hence my people, right? I found my people. <laughs> and, you know, I, I actually felt... Um, I, I was a little bit, you know, like this is a serious organization. We're doing serious things. We're raising money and, you know, like we're going to be interacting with serious people. Um, and then I, I just thought, well, no, no, hippie is important. High impact property investments is important as a name. Reclaiming the notion of what a hippie is, is important. And to me, a hippie is somebody who, you know, has that purpose, has that uh, care and connection for other people but does it in a way that's sustainable. And so therefore, sustainability, financial, financial sustainability really means that you've got to be earning money in a way that generates you and then can be passed on to somebody else and then can be passed on to somebody else. 
So I've written a whole manifesto of what it means to be AKP and why I'm proud to be AKP. Mm-hmm. That's a great story. Well, and this is not just though a commune with a bunch of boards, uh, you know, <laughs> laying on each other to say, "Here's we'll just find a cot and live here." <laughs> You've really built a different kind of community. That's right. Yeah, a, a community of people that can see all the issues that are happening in the world and want to make a difference, um, and they're people that are sick of just investing in things just for the financial return and want that sense of fulfillment that they can get from investing in alignment with their values. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that's what being a hippie is all about to me and to the, the people that are part of, of what we're doing as well. Mm-hmm. Well, you tell know, us, uh, go ahead. And, oh, no, I was just, it's, I was just going to say our last guest was just speaking to this very notion about the, of course, my, I don't know if you heard that, sorry, but um, we, our last guest was speaking to, you know, receiving money from people who want, who have a purpose associated with it, right? And I love, this is the second time we've heard it in a row. And I think that's a really significant component to what's happening, right? You have this high impact investment, but it has a purpose behind it. What is the purpose? Well, at the core of it, that my message is, is that we have the power to choose where we spend and invest our money. So we can choose to spend and invest our money into things that are um, destructive to the planet and destructive to people and destructive to communities just for the sake of the dollar. Or we can choose to spend and invest our money in ways that are helping people and planet to thrive. Um, So when people talk about the triple bottom line, it is that, that recognition that in a, in a holistic way, you can't just focus on one piece of the puzzle. You've got to look at it all. Um, and so for me, um, that, that's what it's all about. It's, it's you know, we, we've been fed this lie. And, and I say it's a lie. I think it's just a, a movement from one paradigm to another. So we're still sort of in this old paradigm where, you know, it's all about the dollar. It's all, that's the only thing that matters. Um, but when we look at, well, what's the impact when we just focus on the dollar on the environment? Mm, it's not looking good. What's the impact when we just focus on the dollar and, you know, with the affordable housing crisis and women over 55 that are uh, sleeping in their cars and, and you know, uh, couch surfing and camping in unsafe situations. The impact of that, the impact of single mothers that are doing the same thing. Well, when you look at, well, what's our future going to be? There's going to be a lot of angry, pissed off children who haven't um, been able to thrive and grow in an environment which is safe and secure. So for me, like, if you know that you can make good returns, if you know that you can do it in a way that helps people to thrive, if you know that you can do it in a way that's environmentally sustainable, why would you do anything else? Mm-hmm. And paint the picture for us uh, of the kinds of projects that you're raising funds for, the scope of these projects. Sure. Well, look, I'll start with the project that I did initially, which is what sort of turned me into this way of thinking. And that was, um, I'd, I'd done a couple of developments at that point. Um, there were small developments. It was really about, you know, sort of me and my husband supporting our family. And and then I kept walking past this piece of land and it had development approval for 14 one-bedroom townhouses. 
Now, it's quite a process. I you know, had to make sure there was a business case that it was going to be financially viable, that I could get the right investors on board. Um, but we did. And what actually happened was that when we did a sort of a little marketing campaign, and, and we did two things, we sort of put it with the real estate agent. Um, and also I put a post out on Facebook because I've got quite a few you know, in my network in that sense. Um, and the very first person that responded, she said, I'm in, like, this is the opportunity that I can see for me to get on the property ladder. And if I don't take this, then there's nothing else for me and I might have to leave the area. So for me, that went from, okay, well, we're doing this because we're going to make a lot of money to we're doing this because there's a, there's a benefit for people that I know. Um, and it wasn't just that one person, it was, you know, other members of the community. So whether they be teachers or doctors or, um, you know, um, we even have a Buddhist nun that's living in, in one of those, um, one of those um, properties. It, it went from being a just taking care of me and mine to taking care of a community. And there were some real challenges in that project as well, um, which because there was a bigger purpose, we were able to navigate those challenges and were able to deliver something. So that just, and, and you know, as investors, we, we did really well. We, we made quite a bit of money on our investments. So for me, just being able to partner those two things was very important. That's so good. Well, and you brought up the challenges. I couldn't help but think of all the potholes and uh, obstacles that come up in any day-to-day -day project, but especially these that, you know, have this, added benefit perhaps, but also added challenge of being uh, for either more uh, challenge uh, residents or for more, you know, inclusive goals. How, how did you keep your resilience? How did you keep your purpose in the front, forefront of your mind? Excuse me, Mark, I'm just making sure that my, I had the little red bar that says oh. your computer's <laughs> going to run out. It's, like, <laughs> it's not a good time to run out. <laughs> okay, we're sorted. That's okay. handled. So how did I keep my resilience? Well, um, what became really apparent to me during that process was that it was not only a property development that I was doing, it was also personal development that I was doing. Um, and that was a really interesting journey because I remember at the beginning of the project, before we'd actually uh, settled on the property and I was putting everything together, I just kept running into lots of brick walls. Um, and, you know, whether it was the valuations that came back and, it, you know, the, the banks wouldn't lend because the product was so new that they didn't, and there wasn't any comparable uh, sales in the area. So um, the banks were just like, well, you know, this is not valuing to where you say it should value, so we're not going to lend on it. So that was a big challenge. I had another challenge with a um, with a, a lawyer who, you know, I was, bringing, I was trying to find all these joint venture partners and they were along for the ride, um, but the documentation was really bad. And, you know, to the point where one of the investors said, this looks like a scam. Um, so, and, and I guess at that point, I didn't have the level of understanding to do a project at that scale and to have all of the legal um documentation at that scale so he produced something I was like well he's the lawyer he should know um, and then you know when it when it actually got tested with the with the investors and joint venture partners they were like this is terrible 
so you know there were there were quite a few challenges even before putting the project together and um it just so happened that I was in a networking event and I was sitting next to somebody who taught a personal development course and I went along and um just based on identifying some of the limiting beliefs that I had around my value um, and shifting through those within the next week the project came together beautifully Mm, so it was a yeah property development project as well as a personal development journey as well so when you talk about how did I keep my resilience it was really like I'm working on myself constantly and I, I mentioned the challenges in that project as well so there were challenges that happened after that um, and I had a bit of a you know I say dark night of the soul it was more like a dark couple of years of the school <laughs> and they usually are aren't they yeah, yeah well we always say things will be brighter tomorrow but it might be a couple more days <laughs> a couple more years it was definitely a couple of years in my case um but it was you know like and in I could see all of the things that I had done in that situation uh, just to give more context uh the builder went broke I fell out with my joint venture partners Quick, quickly, I, we may, just logistically, I think your microphone may be rubbing on your blouse or shirt there. So I'm getting some uh, some ru- some sound. Are you hearing that, Kirsten? I didn't mm-hmm. know if it was mm-hmm. just me. Yeah. yeah. No. Is that better? Oh, uh, it's much, much better. better. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll right. stay still as well. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So I I fell out with my joint venture partners. The builder went broke. It was, and I could see the aspects of how I contributed to those situations because I wasn't being true to my values. So the personal development work that I did, it was really just, you know, taking it one step at a time. And, you know, in the days that it felt like it was really bleak, just going, it's okay. Like, you know, I'm here, I'm still alive. I'm, you know, I can make it better. Um, And, you know, it was was a tough couple of years. It, It took me a while before I sort of, broke through and, and got my confidence back in fact you know in some cases I feel like I'm still getting my confidence back um, but you know that's that's just personal development and that's just the journey that you go on to um, yeah really make a difference I, I, I don't know that I could be doing what I'm doing now if I hadn't done that work yeah. and I've just realized I haven't turned my phone off and, you know, as um, you're speaking to that, being true to your values and, you know, what, one thing that I found for myself is when I create a higher vision and a purpose I'm going to live into, there's a bridge I have to cross for who I am and who I need to be for that higher vision, that higher purpose that I've created. And that's the journey that I just heard you explain, right? Like who we have to grow into. And I, I, I want to ask a question because um, women are not inherently trained in leadership and how to overcome obstacles. And there's a lot that goes through. How, um, how have you found just being a female in these landscapes that are not traditionally female oriented? How has that helped, hurt, supported, not supported? What are you finding in this arena as a female leader? That is a really awesome question. Um, Because what I'm noticing is that as I'm being more true to myself and as I'm putting that... Tell dad that I'm in the middle of a meeting and I'll call him back later. 
I'm sorry, you're really getting it today. <laughs> this, this is the best podcast we've had in weeks. <laughs> it really is, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I've got stuff to say, and there's all these interruptions. <laughs> this is exactly. what I, call, I, I exactly. say this is what I call hashtag shit is real. <laughs> there you go. And, and since Kirsten knows my editor, she will uh, appreciate how much work she's going to have ahead of her. <laughs> And can relate. She's going to laugh going, you know, we're saying this to her right now. I know you can relate, girl. (laughs) And I say thank you. Thank you, editor. Thank you. (laughs) So what I'm finding is that I need to be true to myself. I really need to do that. And I, I need to put boundaries in place that on a, because it, it comes back to, I've, I've discovered that this is my role in life. This is my purpose in life. And that's a really cool place to be. It's like, okay, well, there's, as long as I keep that vision front and center, I can move mountains. Like I really can. And it, because it's not about me, it's not about, you know, not about my sort of insecurities. Like, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough. <laughs> it, it's about, you know, like I've got a job to do and I can see that, um, you know, there's a lot of work ahead and we need collaboration partners and there's no time to waste. I think like I feel a sense of urgency. So for me, it's about being true to myself, being true to that, um, to that mission. And also, um, yeah, just putting those boundaries in place. And I'll give you an example. So I'm part of a group um, and I'm, I'm not going to go into specifics, but in terms of, in terms of being part of that group, we, we just have a commitment to make. Um, And I've just joined that group recently and um, it's clear that there's some members of the group that are not upholding that commitment. Um, And, you know, the first couple of weeks I was in the group, you know, I'd noticed it and I'd ask the admin team, you know, you know, how do we approach this? What do we do? Um, And what I found uh, and what I'm seeing is that there's a a lack of willingness to address the behavior um, that is, is being expressed in this case. And so um, I sent a message out yesterday just going, I can see that, you know, we've all agreed to this commitment. Um, there are a couple of people that aren't meeting that commitment. It's having a detrimental effect on us. It's not creating the best for all of us. I'm the new kid on the block here, but I'm willing to speak out and I'm willing to call out that person because I want to maintain the integrity of the group. I can see how awesome it is. And I can see that everybody is, you know, sort of meeting that commitment generously um, except for a couple of a couple of people that aren't, and so, um, you know, for me it was that thing of well, should I speak up or should I not speak up? And then I just thought, well, I don't have time to waste. If it's not to be part of this group, then I will do something else. But I, I don't want to. I don't want to waste my time and energy when this it's just not being reciprocated for all people. Mm. So it's things like that. It's making those decisions, and and typically. I'm the people pleaser. So, you know, I'm the one that's like, oh, you know, I won't rock the boat. It's okay. I'll just let it go. But now this just feels important. So true. And you think about the people that you've been describing, you know, they're supposed to surround you and support you. And obviously if they're distracting, then that's not helping. But it did raise the question in my mind, what sort of people do you want to attract to these high impact investments to really make a difference? I mean, you've, you've got some pretty lofty goals uh, to build and support this mission. Yeah, look, the type of people, I, and I, this is something that I talk about in the book as well, about the importance of uh, having aligned values. And um, so 
essentially it's people that can see that there's things that are happening in the world that they are not happy with and they want to take some kind of action. They might not necessarily know where to start, uh, but that's okay because with a group of people, you can all move forwards, right? And um, so, yeah, it's people that see that, people that are, that recognise that, number one, that recognise the urgency of the situation. Like we're, we're talking about the affordable housing crisis. We're talking about people that are living on the streets right now. Um, and these are, but it's not just, when we think about homelessness, it's not just the you know, sort of derelict people, you know, it, it's professionals that this is happening to. We, we just had some floods recently um, in our local area and it's basically taken out a town of a city of 29,000 people. That's 29,000 people that have their homes that are um, unlivable at the moment because there's a lot of stuff that they have to do to make them uh, not mouldy, get rid of all of the uh, sludge that went through um, the homes. Um, but there's also a percentage of those homes that can, have been condemned, they can't be lived in. Uh, so that's, that's just ramped up the affordable housing crisis. And when you've got, you know, grandmothers and, and mothers and, you know, professional people that are essentially homeless, we have a really big issue. And, and this is not something that we can wait around to, mm -hmm. to fix. Um, you know, I talk about the climate issue, and it's again related with the floods that happened here. And um, we had some floods in 2017, and, and these floods were two metres higher than the floods that we had five years ago. Now, that difference is in a two-storey house, that's going from the water lapping at your feet to the water being at ceiling level. And so a lot of people in that situation had to break through their roofs and sit on their roofs to wait to be rescued. Now, you know, we talk about one in a hundred year floods or one in 500 year floods, but it's not that it's like one in every five years. And um, so, and, and, you know, the other thing that I saw as a result of all of this is that all of the stuff that gets stripped out of people's houses, which ended up on the curves and then got taken to landfill. So you've got more landfill, you've got more energy that's required to restore those homes if they can be restored more materials to buy to replace the things that have gone like more fridges more beds more blankets so i can really see that if we don't address this now we're just sitting back waiting for our demise so there's an urgency to all of this and it's all connected and so i'm i'm the, the people that are coming forwards and saying yes we're ready to help and we're ready to be part of a movement are the people that recognize that and the people that want that sense of fulfillment of, yes, I actually did something. When the chips were down, I was there to help. Yes. Mm. It's beautiful. It's interesting. I was going to ask another question, but I'm going to go in a different direction. You know, um, you spoke to that importance of alignment and values, right? That's so key in creating a core group that works together, right? What are some of those principles that you believe are valuable to keep a community moving in innovation? I can talk about a graphic that I saw the other day by a group called B1G1, and they have a really interesting model where um, as a business or as an individual, you pay a subscription fee um, and you then get access to uh, lots of different uh, opportunities to give. Um, and and it, you, know, you build it into your business model. So it's very cool. And I just wanted to give some context to that because the image that I saw, the graphic that I saw 
was showing the relationship between pity, sympathy, empathy and compassion. So pity is, I feel sorry for you. Uh, sympathy is, oh no, so pity is, oh, you know, that sucks. <laughs> you know, poor you. Uh, sympathy is, I feel sorry for you. Empathy is, I feel with you. And compassion is, how can I help you? Mm. Um, and so, yeah, to answer that question, it's really, it's really about that. It's really about uh, sort of having the, com- having the compassion, having the feelings, being able to sit with somebody in that distress and the willingness to help them to move through it. Very good. Well, Dion, what a wonderful conversation. Before we wrap up, I've got another question for you, but before we get there, I wanna make sure that people know where to find you, how to connect with you and learn more about your work of the organization. Oh, beautiful. They can find me on LinkedIn. Um, and if they do a, yeah, if they just look for Dion Payne, Dr. Dion Payne, they'll find me on LinkedIn. Alternatively, I, I have my website, which is www.hipi.global. So www.hippie.global. Wonderful. You know, we have a lot of le- listeners who uh, are leaders. And I imagine if they said they wanted to put high impact in front of whatever their cause or mission would be, what, what insights, advice, or experience could you offer our listeners to make whatever they're working on high impact? <laughs> that is a good question. Um, I think it's about putting purpose front and center. And that really informs how you drive your company. So I don't, I don't think it's enough just to put high impact in front of something if you don't have the intention to follow through. Um, and I remember that there was a real point where I had to make the decision of, am I going to go all in on this high impact property investments? Am I going to go all in on, you know, n- not just raising funds for any traditional developments and high impact? Am I just going to go all in on high impact? And it was really a leap of faith because I wasn't sure if there was going to be enough work to sustain us <laughs> to do that. But having made that decision, um, there's so many opportunities and, and so many uh, so many opportunities for projects, so many opportunities for collaboration. So, yeah, the two things I would say is make that purpose front and mission of your organisation. Let it drive all of your decisions and just go all in. That sounds great. Well, thanks so much. Kirsten, as we reflect on this discussion and some of the others we've had about this purpose, you know, we, we know IntelliKey as a soul's purpose, uh, but these leaders are really putting that soul's purpose in action. Yeah, it's really profound. You know, um, as we're wrapping up, I'll put this thought out there and it just, it's really touched me and I haven't brought it up in this. Um, I had listened to an NPR, um, something, an embassy. I was listening to NPR and a fact that many people don't know is the number one rate of poverty is women over 55. There is such a high poverty rate for women over 55 because they get displaced in a workforce by youth and by men and add any person of color. And there's a really huge disparity, right? So um, I'm just deeply moved by that because we don't speak to that, right? Especially women have a pride and they hide and there's a shame by not being able to take care of themselves at 50, you know? Um, 
So I just, I'm really present to this high impact that will be made. It's, it's sadly an unknown fact. You would not think of women over 55 as the most impoverished community, right? Globally. And, and it just, it's interesting that that's what we're, what we're talking about is changing these landscapes. So this cannot happen anymore. Mm -hmm. And from every leader we're speaking to, everybody's committed to changing landscape, soulscapes, name it, whatever the scape is. Yeah, we're feeling this higher calling. Well, thanks again to our guest, Dr. Dion Payne. Dion, thanks so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I've really enjoyed my time here. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, yes. And it's been so inspiring. And listeners, this is the kind of podcast we want to bring you with not just leaders' philosophies, yeah, but their experience, their attitudes and approach towards the work and their practices on how to make it real and how to pursue that IntelliKey. So come back for our next episode and we'll continue to bring you more interviews and more insights from these leaders. Until then, for Kirsten Goldie, I'm Mark Stenson, and you're listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. We'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by BSB Media. We also host two other podcasts you might enjoy, Unlocking Your World of Creativity and Five Minutes of Peace. Subscribe today and leave a review on your favorite podcast player.